The following program is an artistic work of fiction and falsehood. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the broadcasters or the management thereof. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm glad you're here. I'm media disruption developer Kai Hubris, and this is EurekaCast. Now, where science meets technology meets you. With me, as always, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark from the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science. Hey there, Rowan. Hello, and a toast from the realms of innovations to you, our listener. Uh, now, I would like to see the realms of innovation. It sounds like the kind of place that I'd like to, I'd like to really put my hat there you know the thing is is that one would assume that but some innovations are best uninnovated i can't disagree with you more uh rowan but what i want to talk about in at the beginning of this uh, of this show where we talk about the latest uh in innovations and disruptions and optimizations in the fields of science but also technology is a particular uh what we call in the uh in the new media science realm what we call a trend setter recently there there uh, there have been trend setters as far as media as, as long as media has been around but more recently we've had a we've had a pretty substantial trend setter that we've been tracking in culture and that trend setter is well you know it it's the pig the pig is all the rage in our culture currently the pig is so big at the moment it's huge. Um, both the pig is just massive. Just not not both both literally and um, in the cultural sort of zeitgeist in right. the in the the, sub, the subconscious of individuals. Right, and and sometimes the level we talk on this show is we assume that the listener is that you the listener is at a certain level of of, of intelligence. We talk to you at the level of being a scientist because we consider all of you citizen scientists. But in case you know this sort of fell off your scientific research radar. Uh, as a little background, uh, the oldest cave painting, uh, I mean, ever discovered, what was discovered recently uh, in a cave in, of, in Indonesia, uh, it was a, it was a, an image of a wild pig that was made about 45,000 years ago. Well, if I may just interject for a moment there, Kai, I do want to say that the, this is not the oldest cave painting when all opinions are taken into consideration really that there are several out there that um are several granted cave paintings that are granted very controversial in um sort of the historical fields of study right but uh i think those are very unfairly maligned so uh so, so you're saying there are there are older cave paintings that people do not agree are older um, or cave paintings. I see. Well, frankly, it's got everybody, it's all the rage, it's got everybody talking, especially us here at Tech Brothers at the Arco Labs, who are working to recreate, and again, everybody can't stop talking about this, at Tech Brothers, we got pictures of the pig uh, on our walls, on my on my cubicle, on my lab cubicle, I've got one, it's in, it's in my background right now on my the, computer. The, the pig is hot. Um, the pig is absolutely Both is literally and, and sensually. Exactly, and it's such a good painting, it's so detailed, that Arco Labs wants to recreate a three-dimensional version, version of the pig in VR, so that we can feel what it was like to interact and, and perceive wild pigs 45,000 years ago. The tests are already already showing that participants that that sort of go through similar you know trials uh, feel closer to their ancestors. That's something that I think you'd be interested in. Perhaps, really. perhaps in more than one sense. I truly, I mean, they're, t they're touching the pig. I, I I didn't quite follow that, Rowan, but I but I'll take your word well, on well, it. Well, I I have some comments on the pig okay. as well. Um. Okay. Uh. We'll talk about True those comment. later. So, um, so based on a complex uh, historical algorithm, um, based on hundreds of different prehistoric works of art, we can also, we are very close to determining the genus and species of the exact wild pig that is being depicted. And we hope that from this, we, uh, we are able to, well, this is, this is the plan. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's possible just yet. Maybe with a little bit more research into the pig, we have Arcolab scientists going to uh, the island um, as as we talk, as we speak, 
to do some more research, but we would like to use genetic engineering to recreate the pig, this specific, unique genus and species of pig in, in the real life, and we hope to do this in the, in the next few years. Well, I think that you will find that harder than you know. Um, because, really? Yes, because this pig is not... It's big. It's very large, um, and it weighs heavily on the subconscious, because what it okay. is is the herbor. Um, I'm not too familiar. Is this, is this a, a term used by... by archaeologists or yes um this is a uh, another um sort of historical uh concept that has been analyzed in great detail okay um and specifically with i didn't know you were so into archaeology well, well it's it's less archaeology and more of um studies of these archetypes these sort of wide-spanning culturally um crossing ideas and mm. philosophies and stories that mm. that that appear time and time again memes yes things such as like memes for example uh you know the the flood myth uh the uh, sure. the myth of a um of a of a messiah that is reborn these sort mm -hmm. of things that appear in many various cultures um and the the, the this pig this specific pig or the, the herbor or herbor yes yes is is exactly up there and this only goes to show now once again you spoke of memes mm -hmm. the memes that have come forth from this pig and this pig illustration right uh just goes to show that even now this speaks to a sort of ancestral memory something 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 deeply ingrained but i'm getting sure. a little ahead of myself ancestral memories like I can has cheeseburger and 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 pig with two G's and an E exactly. Um, but but I'm getting ahead of myself because okay. when I but let me let me step back. Okay. When I first saw this pig, uh, as it was passed around in both mm -hmm. my serious and semi-serious circles that I run in, and some of the frivolous circles as well. Sure. Uh, frivolous I, science circles. I knew this pig. I knew it immediately because I pig. had seen this same exact pig elsewhere i run in some alternative history um historian sort of circles just not not right. not that i have very much to contribute i just find it fascinating mm -hmm. and there are so many depictions of this particular boar um, because it has a very unique pattern of per fur it has a very unique morphology right and you can see this same this same animal throughout culture so there's the one that just got discovered in indonesia we just talked about this right right, right. yes now forty-five thousand years later this same creature is depicted in an etruscan boar vessel this, this very same creature it's, it's the same it's the same pig and then another forty-five thousand years excuse me hundred years after that it's depicted yet again in a medieval painting um that's only scratching the surface well, yeah I, I mean I, I could see it there are certainly there are certainly depictions of boars in in like greek mythology aramanthian I, I believe is what one is called and in fact we have some recent research that does show there's a correlation between depictions of of wild pigs and the level of advancement reached in society really yes there's some compelling research that says the that the more a pig is depicted in modern culture, um, or in a in a culture, and this is some from some uh, new media based archaeo archaeological research uh, I've been a part of. Uh, the more advanced that culture that culture is, in, in fact, it's actually it's actually theorized that um, some famous examples were that uh, uh, that uh, in some in some cases depictions of of the pig or interest in the pig uh, is correlated to uh, to a higher sense of mathematics. Oh, to the, there's, very fascinating. There's some very there's some very popular examples such as uh, such as uh, theories that Euclid's early works on uh, the constant pi hearken uh, from a desire to approximate the volume of a pig. Um, that's only one though. I mean, we have some we have some uh, we have some evidence that uh, that the the orbits of the planets being uh, elliptical, as as Copernicus uh, and uh, Galileo. Uh, we're working on those those elliptical orbits. Uh, we're, we're actually uh, they 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 came about. They arose from uh, thinking about how how the 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 uh, planets seem to move as if marbles around a pig. Hmm. And and even more so, uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, how uh, when a king was offered uh, a a golden boar 
in uh, in ancient Greece. Uh, Archimedes was uh, called in to determine whether it was a a golden boar or just a a, a regular ursine boar, um, and therefore had to uh, to do some research on how to calculate density by dipping that 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 boar into a bathtub full of mud. Well, that's just fascinating, and and I think that goes to show the way that this 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 archetype this sort of subconscious construct sure. influences our conscious um, and unconscious behavior in such a profound way this large pig truly does does weigh on us all it, it, it does but the question then is why why is the pig this specific pig in mm. many cases so prevalent across cultures so within our minds at all times even to this day mm. i'm um, thinking about him at the moment so let's move back to these unconscious archetypes okay um that's the first theory that um the boar this boar is some sort of ancestral memory perhaps back in africa the tribes of homo erectus banded together to defeat a gigantic mountain-sized boar and this victory echoes through the eons right. that's one theory that's a fairly standard um you know middle of the road right. theory I mean, for these circles of historians it, but... it makes sense because uh we we believe from other uh, archaeological evidence that the boar was the primary threat to to humans and their ancestors uh, early on in their development? That, that that would that would track very much so um, with this theory, of course. That's sure. one of two prevailing opinions. Okay, what, what um, is the second opinion, Rowan? Well, and this is my preference that this boar uh-huh. is some sort of astral visitor, perhaps even a progenitor of mankind, and and perhaps a sort of a um. A, an entity that came forth to enlighten us and really and bring us wisdom well as that, you as you spoke to sure um, all of these anecdotes and stories sure. of of great advances in thinking and mathematics with the boar why should one assume that is circumstantial why should one assume that that was not at um, the behest of the boar itself so of think, the pig you think the the the, the wild pig came down um, and and graced us with inspiration for these great advancements in history. Or perhaps they laid with early man and gave rise to the pigs we know now. Sure. So and the humans we know it, now. It's possible. Going back to what we talked about before about how you know how consciousness developed in early in early man, uh, how it, it might have been uh, it might have been like stimulants, for example, as you brought up in an early show. You're saying that there is another theory that in fact consciousness arose in humanity. Um, because we inherited it from the pig, from a astral pig. I, I see an that, astral pig. Well, and and there is some evidence for this. Um, okay, at least for a. I would love to hear it. So, I mentioned earlier of a medieval painting that depicted this same boar that we saw depicted sure. in this Indonesian cave painting. And um, the specific painting is Madonna and Child with Infant St. John. Okay. Um, and, and this is really quite interesting because it's... it's The listener can, can probably look at this painting it, as they're yes. listening. It's a famous painting from the 1500s, and it's famous for its depiction of not the Madonna and Child and the Infant St. John because that's boring, but it's of... Boring, yes. of the um these strange objects in the sky that look okay to you know more fringe historians individuals who maybe aren't taking this as seriously as the t- the, the theories that i'm talking about right, right now the they consider theories. that um of evidence of ancient ufos sure. of of ufos uh, alien alien life or something right which not to say that the herbore could not be an alien and to be put so crudely right. but the fact of the matter is is that you know it's commonly attributed to ufos and and many will say that these structures in this painting look like ufos but recent analysis mm-hmm. from art historians has determined that the original depiction in the painting was smudged to give it this sort of oblong sort of blurry gray metallic structure interesting and by using advanced desmudgification <laughs> Desmudgification algorithms. Yes. Well, um, and 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 trained practice. Sure. But when it's when when that 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 procedure has been applied, what comes into focus is the figure of a boar 
in the sky, really? sort of showing light down on these pilgrims. Now, and, fascinating, and and you're you're saying there's not a consensus about this. It's still just it's still just a a theory after the desmugification. Uh... Well, well, unfortunately, the the idea of consensus is so hard to reach with, especially in the realms of history, because people right. are so close minded to how things could have played out, right. and, and and how art, in fact informs reality smacks in the face of what they study um sure. quite frankly when has i'm getting off, off right, track right. here i'm sorry one more thing to consider about the astral visitor okay. theory of the boar there is a, a this idiom an ancient idiom that has appeared throughout culture um mm -hmm. time and time again um that lends credence to this ancestral memory of this this visitor this ursine visitor boar this airborne herbor. Yes, the herbor. And and the saying, of course, being uh -huh. that when pigs fly. Why would in our brains even the notion of of pigs flying be right. there? That's not why would that be the first animal that we think of as flying? Why would that be the last animal that we would think of as flying? Either? Sure, sure, sure. Point being it's point, worth point investigating. Being. And it go and and as as the 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 boar continues to captivate, um, mm -hmm. more perhaps more questions remain unanswered. So so from from what you're saying, Rowan, if if for example, Tech Brothers is to continue uh, analyzing this boar for its genetic its genetic you know features in order to try to genetically replicate this boar, we're gonna have tr trouble doing this. I'm saying that when you, if you end up with an accurate recreation of the genetic sequence, you might be shocked to find that it looks a lot more similar to your and I's DNA than you expected. Hmm. That's all I would argue. That's quite quite thought provoking. And that's what I call a a eureka a eureka. That's truly a eureka moment, honestly. But I'm, I'm going to move on to a. Uh, to what we're calling uh, to my story, and that is something that something that is that is very uh, relevant to what we talked about, to something we talked about a few weeks ago, um, and it is not necessarily a eureka moment. It's not necessarily something that is prevalent um, or, or prevailing around scientific circles everywhere, but it's something that a lot of listeners, listener, I expect you to be the very same, would be very interested in because it's we've gotten a lot. I've gotten a lot of questions personally about this topic, so I'm going to go into. Eureka Strat. And uh, stra strategy? Yes. A strategy? Yes. A strat is, uh, is a short for uh, for strategy. It's sort of a, a new mnemonic. Um, Rowan, as I said, it is the age of the console. So, and as we as we move into the age of the console in, in technical circles, we're going to have to start adopting console or some call it gamer like language um so that we can reach more of the uh more of the citizen scientists out there is that is that the the audience we're really trying to reach to in this with this um yes we believe that that gamers and uh and scientists are going to be one and the same in, in the next few years oh, oh. so i want to talk a little bit about the text box chapter gamma um so as i said um if, if you recall the text box chapter gamma was a console that tech brothers released uh, a few few weeks before the holiday, maybe about a week before the holiday, I announced it on this show as it happened. And uh, and since then, already around the world, millions of consoles were sold. The console buyback pro uh, program where we uh, gave people the option to sell us their consoles that they bought in 2020 um, sells, and that we would buy back at retail price, uh, we've made great use of those pieces in our text box chapter gamma consoles by recycling and reusing every part part of those of those consoles um and i mean i have to say people are people love what they're seeing i've gotten tons of tons of uh, uh, correspondence tons of tons of letters and emails and, and, and messages on the new medias talking about how they love the modernist artistic uh, inspirations of the i'm sure uh, of the console and its packaging yeah, i'm sure i'm sure um so uh, when we talked about this right. as a matter of fact every time we've talked about this right i am not much of a gamer mm -hmm. i play a video game on occasion perhaps perhaps a nice relaxing farming simulator at the end of the day but sure. the point being is that you have mentioned ad nauseum about this console. Right. And every time I ask about the games, every time I ask about what actual games are on this console, you have no answer for me. So now that it is out, it is out, correct? 
Yes. Millions have been sold. Yes. Millions have been sold. Millions have access okay, to this content. Okay, then what are millions of individuals playing on the text box chapter gamma? Well, Rowan, this is the ultigen. And because this is the ultigen, um, the very first game, and in fact, if you're on our app web application where you can stream your games live, if you're on Gammer, you've probably seen a ton of these videos already of people playing this game. But um, if you haven't, the first game is, because this is the ultigen, because this is a new, a new way to play, the first game is in fact the unboxing of the text box chapter gamma. Unboxing? Right. So, so you know, on the new medias, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people playing games and streaming games. There are also a lot of unboxing videos. We thought the unboxing part, it's, right now, it's not very uh, exciting. If you watch these videos, people, people think it's interesting what's inside of the, of the boxes, but the actual boxes, they may be stylish, but they're not that exciting. We wanted to change that. We think that the unboxing could be a real, could be, frankly, the first game that a person ever plays on this console. Uh, so is this, is this to, to leverage the, the, um, the preponderance of unboxing videos on new media in, in a way to get attention? I'm, I don't, I fail to understand well, it, what, how do you mean that the unboxing itself is a game? Well, I mean, we don't need to try to get attention. The console speaks for itself, uh, frankly, Rowan. Uh, but the idea was that, you know, there are puzzle games out there. There are video games. There are board games. There are all sorts of, you know, games that you can play at a console. Mm -hmm. uh, we thought that the unboxing could be something like a, a puzzle game, right? The unboxing doesn't need to be a chore. The unboxing could itself be a game that involves strategy and thought and consideration and things like that. Now, I, ha I don't really interact with the new medias as you would call it sure um and i i'm not entirely certain what a an un what unboxing content looks like but surely it does not mean that the primary focus of the content is the 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 removing the casing the packaging itself correct well, I, no but we wanted to change that we wanted to innovate in the uh, in the realm of of gaming and unboxing, to say the least. I would say this is one of those things that need not be that that need not be innovated in perhaps the innovative in innovation realms that we spoke of earlier. Uh, well, you, you know, Rowan, you know, sometimes you you hear a video game and you think that's not my kind of video game until you play it. I think this unboxing boxing is exactly is exactly that for you. If you just had a console and you had the experience of unboxing it, if you just watch some of these unboxing videos. Um, it might inspire you. So getting back to, to that, the, this is an Eureka strat because I wanted to give you a few strategies about unboxing. So the idea was we thought maybe we would make up something like a puzzle, but we realized that it was, it was too easy if we just made it a simple puzzle. We thought it wasn't interactive enough. We wanted to take full advantage of the ultigen, and we wanted to encourage a sense of discovery and deep lore in building, uh, in building the, the game, as well as a building up the community on Gammer, of streamers, and, and things like that. So we wanted to make it a little bit more challenging. Uh, something that's sort of like a roguelike, but as we call it, it's a, it's a Sisyphusian. It's a sort of a Sisyphusian game. Um, so the way it works is, well, here's my strategy. Depending on where you start unboxing this, this console, that's going to change your entire playing experience. Now, if you unbox, if you start unboxing at any of the six sides... Well, you're going you're gonna to start playing a, a sides-like game, whereas if you start unboxing at any of the eight corners, you're going to start playing a, a corner-like game, and that's going to change your entire experience. So, I'm sorry, does this not defeat the purpose of a console insofar as um, you want, you want, you want the, the apparatus to be able to play the game? The, the packaging right. and is so, extraneous. Well. See, you Rowan, remove it from the packaging to be able to interact with the appliance itself. Frankly, Rowan, you are almost by definition, you are thinking inside the box. Whereas we are thinking, we are thinking the box with this one. You buy the console, and this is the first game that you play. Um, so, I mean, some, some say the face-liked uh, ones are more enjoyable or easier. Some say the corner-liked ones are more enjoyable and easier. It's, it's whatever you feel, whatever your first thought is. Um, just, I say go for it. 
Occasionally, uh, you will come across uh, certain folds that we call bosses. And now occasionally you will also have to sort of, you know, play with those folds and learn the patterns of those folds to eventually defeat those bosses. And at certain points, you may even get an email to contact somebody else that owns a text box chapter gamma. And, well, I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't want to admit everything, but there is some collaborative gameplay experience that is involved in the unboxing of this, of this console. Is that it? I mean, I said I didn't want to give too much away, but that's a strat for you. That's wonderful. Um, so let's move on to the uh, the mid show uh, affirmation. Sure. Let's go ahead and do that. Um, from the Old Souls Almanac, a quote from Sunset Emmervine, a mm. pioneer of the sapiosexual revolution. He sure. says, "Quote: There is the physical and the astral. The former is what arouses me. It is to minds I flirt, not faces. It is the spirit." I cherish and rub, not bodies. I make love with souls, not people. And we will be back shortly after the break. The scientific method is sort of a game. I do, you know, the game of... So, in the second half of this show, we will have Itoli Caruso on to talk about their scientific innovation that their company is working on. But... We don't want to just hear from them. We want to hear from you, too. And that's why Eureka Cast Now is putting on the first, what we hope to be, annual Citizen Scientist Conference in early March. We are looking for your submissions, as you, the listener, to our Citizen Science Journal to be peer-reviewed live on air in early March and for consideration of entry into this scientific journal. We want all of your findings, the, the understanding that you have come to, the innovations and the breakthroughs that you have worked and on outside of the academy um, to come forward and let us analyze that. Right. We're going to have some of the best thinkers from Tech Brothers Laboratories, as well as the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science, on to peer review your work and decide which work should go in the journal. We've also realized that science, well, it's too long. Some of these papers, they're impossible for a citizen to actually read. If your submission is any more than four sentences, we don't want it. It's That's... unnecessary. The findings should stand for stand by themselves. Exactly. So if you have something to submit, if you have some science that you want to be published in a reputable journal, like the Journal of Citizen Science, then go to awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast and click on the Contact tab and fill out your form there. We will collect the... Uh, the, the, the best submissions and put them in a physical journal to be distributed to our wide array of leading thinkers, innovators, and spiritual gurus. Make a difference to the world of science. Make a citizen science difference. And remember, inspire curiosity, imagine science. <laughs> And we are back. We are back. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. And as I said in the first half, I am super, super excited about what we have planned for the second half because this is the first time that we've gotten such, uh, such an in-person and in-depth uh, opportunity to talk with somebody about a new, uh, new product uh, and a startup, no less. And this is a, this is a product that Tech Brothers has done a lot of research in and on, and is very eager to learn how it works, what's going on, and, and really how they came up with such a such a great uh, a great device. As you know, Rowan, yes. uh, Tech Brothers has been in the in the wired wear business for a while now. Uh, it has been it has come up once or twice on yeah. the program, I believe, and in our conversations off the program. Yeah, I mean, are you are you wearing the uh, the heated leg uh, the heated leg coolers that we sent over? Um, no, I, I I'm not really sure where those ended up. Um, uh, but no, I am not wearing them. Are you are you wearing are you wearing the the hat that uh the, the calm the calm me down hat that we uh that we sent over as well? Um, as I said, you should I should I recommended that you wear. I wear it every time we stream because it, it really puts you in a position where you can, uh, you can you know make a good show. You, uh, uh, truthfully, I found the calm me hat. I found the the, the rotors the the rotors that were used for the massage were um a little a little much. Uh, had some of my hair get caught in in one of those that's that's just a setting you can turn down uh fair enough um but but yeah that's that's wired wear wired wear is 
is uh, or wearables as we call them in the industry are, are are things that you can put on you can wear and they and they either do things for you or give you different capabilities i mean it's 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 one of the next uh, generations in in the personal electronic uh, uh, field but what we have today is something that is slightly different um, right now we have Itoli Caruso on the line. They're the corporate identity representative over at Watch2, uh, and they're going to talk about how uh, how their company has created a tattoo that acts as an actually working watch. Are you on the line, Itoli? I am. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank uh, you for coming on. Um, and, and just very quickly, um, before we get into this, uh, uh, this is being um, broadcast on certain varieties of radio, nonprofit radio. Yes. This is not an endorsement of the product. No. This is not a, a, a sales pitch. We are just – the technology it's, is interesting. Yes. It's a very um, innovative uh, development, and we felt it would be very interesting to to hear about it. So, um, Itoli, please, uh, let's, let's hear more. Uh, watch 2, a tattooed watch. Um, talk about that. Yeah, so we here at Watch 2 are really excited that we finally finished development on our tattooed watch. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're anything like me, for example, Which I find I sure I wearing am. a physical watch uh, gets in the way of my life a lot of the time. Sure. It smacks on doors. It gets in the way when I'm typing. Uh, it's just all around a nuisance. Plus, you have to take it off to charge it. And remember to put it back on. I mean, how many of us have forgotten to put our watch back on in the morning and then had to go the whole day without knowing what time it is? It's Ugh, a it's exhausting. A, it's a constant reminder, too, of the moments that are passing you by. It's mm -hmm. sort of this sort of Damocles hanging over you constantly. Just there, there's just that click, click, click. The moments of your life, life wasting away. It's I, I would agree. Physical sure. watches are really quite quite a pain and, they're, and dreadful. Yeah, perhaps. they're they're heavy too. I mean, that's when Tech Brothers was was uh, was universal. Uh, uh, Sort of, sort of innovating the mask. What we wanted to do is we wanted to make it feel like you weren't wearing anything. But, but this is this is something where you've developed a product that you literally do not wear. It's part of your body in, in a way, and and it still does the very same things that a that a that a piece of personal electronics uh, can do. Exactly, it is truly revolutionary to mm -hmm. the entire industry. Um, we actually, our process is even simpler than getting a normal tattoo. Really? Uh, yeah. It still requires some needles, but they don't mm -hmm. hurt anywhere near as much. And it doesn't take anywhere near as long to get it because we use a proprietary process that puts all of the ink in at once. So you don't have to really? sit there and wait for hours as everything is etched into you very carefully right so so you do use so you do use an ink though this is uh this is this is an ink that you're putting into the to the to the dermis of the of the skin yes and it is perfectly safe we have used alchemy to combine tattoo ink and electronic ink with blood you so so you used you, i'm sorry did you say you used alchemy yes fascinating well it's so wonderful to hear that too because alchemy is often maligned as a um as a dark art perhaps um, right. and an ignorant art at that but there's so much that can be learned from that tradition absolutely there's uh, certainly a lot of history that goes into it right yeah before we get I, I perhaps too far into the uh the actual procedure itself and and the technology itself uh what what was the inspiration what was like the um the where did this process get developed if you don't mind me asking mm -hmm. well uh here in our wicker park office we were, you know, I was brought on the team kind of late, so I'm not sure where the initial inspiration came from, but right. we've been talking a lot about making it so the human body functions more like a machine that you can rely on than the fallible piece of meat that it really is considered today. So rather so that's, than... that's our overall aim is to make bodies more functional. Right. I mean that 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 is that is excellent. I mean, if if you do not need to buy an additional uh, piece of piece of uh, electronics, if you can somehow, this is again something that Technobus is looking uh, very uh, very much into. But if you don't have to buy a piece of electronics, if you can just have that piece of electronics at all 
times and it's almost like it's not there until you need it i mean that's i mean that's the ultimate goal of of all uh, of all electronics frankly um, truly so, so so you came on this team what was your what is your role in the development process are you are you in the are you in the development are you in the research are you are you in the 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 communication there are so many different parts in in this sort of in the startup game as it were you are um, as we said uh, earlier, you are a uh, corporate identity representative. What does your job entail when it comes to uh, the development and uh, the running of this of this startup? So I'm not quite as involved in the development mm-hmm. of the product, but in my role, I mean, I have my own uh, tattooed watch, oh, uh, okay. my own watch too, and I Excellent. I enjoy it quite a bit. But more on the job side of things. Uh, I go around and I introduce people to watch too and help them understand how much it can benefit them. Uh, I, yeah, excellent. How has it, how has it benefited you personally, uh, personally in your life, Atoli? I mean, it really is just truly incredible to not have the weight of a watch on your wrist and to not have to worry about charging it every day or anything else like that there's Mm -hmm. no battery that has to get replaced i never have to go without my watch because it's stuck at the jewelers uh getting getting the battery replaced or Mm -hmm. any other issues like that waxed or perhaps you know a cleaning as many of these watches need right there are some circulatory problems that we found with uh with normal wearable watches especially ones that do come with a number of uh, features the more features you have Usually, the heavier the watch that you, that you really uh, you expect to have, and then again, cutting off circulation, disrupting the body flows, disrupting your movement, it, it, like it all—they're all small things, but they all have a real effect. That is, that is the um, how health works exactly. <laughs> a number of small things add up into a uh, an unhealthy uh, ethos, an unhealthy situation in the body. But that's—I'm I'm, yeah. apologies on that. So you were speaking about the the um, the use of alchemy to combine tattoo ink, electronic. Mm-hmm. Ink, um, and and put that into a tattoo. Was there more about that? Please speak more about the actual uh, um, service that 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 you provide. Unfortunately, our alch- alchemical process is proprietary, mm. so I can't really give you more mm. information than I already have. Right. Um. I I do have. So I like how you said um how you said that you used electronic ink. Now. In in our experiments with electronic ink, I mean, one of the benefits to to electronic ink is that it has less strain on the eyes. It's more relaxing to look at. Uh, do you do you find that? I mean, I would imagine that by staring at a watch every single day, by looking down and and seeing the screen of a watch, uh, you're gonna you're gonna experience some eye strain throughout the throughout the entire day. Uh, do you find that the electronic that that the that the features of this um, specific uh, watch too uh, does help? with with you know typical eye strain and and does it like look good to look at have you done the tests to determine uh whether you know how how looking at this affects the human body absolutely we have not found any evidence of eye strain from looking at watch two none whatsoever Um, none whatsoever it is the same as reading anything normally it's the same Uh, as reading a typical as reading a chapter as reading the words breathe tattooed on your arm with reg- with a regular exactly. tattoo ink. Wow. And we all know how calming that can be. Surely. Well, so you mentioned it was totally safe. Um, but I, I, I do want to throw a hypothetical at you because I have a very vested interest in um, health and wellness. Um, mm-hmm. as, as do we. Tech brothers. Well, Absolutely. perhaps in a different manner. Um, but let me let me throw a hypothetical at you. Um, as we all know, um, lightning strikes do happen on occasion, and and with sure. this electronic ink, um, you know, with a per- perhaps a regular watch, one could imagine hmm. the lightning hitting the regular watch and sort of being localized to the wrist. But now that you're introducing this this conductor into the flesh, um. Won't that conduct electricity well, into well, it? I, I mean, I also have an addendum to that, be, but because if you touch really any any electronic device, it's it's very possible that if you're poorly grounded or or perhaps you're too grounded, uh, you are going to experience a little bit of electric shock, a little bit of charge buildup. Um, do you find that that that, that changes uh, how the, how the watch works, or you know something no, like that? We are quite fortunate. Uh, the watch too does not actually 
impact the overall conductivity of a human body. Mm. Uh, in fact, the watch too is able to convert any excess uh, energy that it receives, such as from a lightning strike, or in case you touch uh, a circuit that is still live, mm-hmm. uh, it takes that excess energy and stores it as power for the watch. Wow. So, so let's let's imagine that somebody that is an electrician is perhaps on a on a metal metal ladder and doing some work on a live on a live circuit. Now, how 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 good is this at, at storing electricity? If if you if you touch maybe, you know, 4000 volts going through a power a power line, uh will will this tattoo save that person and keep them from being uh uh from that electricity uh, uh entering their body? Quite possibly. We haven't been able to run tests with that much voltage mm-hmm. uh due to the inherent risk uh, posed to anybody because mm, without sure. the watch too, that would absolutely uh, cause problems, including potential fatalities. However, uh, that impacts our ability to run fully accurate testing. Uh, even though we believe the watch too would help save lives and it very well could, Excellent. Uh, we aren't able to run the adequate tests because we can't ethically have a control test to compare against mm, because unfortunate of the truly unfortunate risks to human life mm-hmm. government overreach as always um yes. so we've um we want to keep this moving how would one um acquire one of these um watch twos you mentioned that the procedure itself is sort of a one and done um maybe a stamp perhaps a needle based stamp i'm right. not sure wh- the implication of that but walk us through how one would acquire the uh the watch two sure you just need to go to the watch two website and uh Click on our link on our homepage to schedule an appointment with one of our licensed tattoo artists artists who will uh, help you through the entire process. Um, You can come in with your own watch face already designed, or you can choose one of the many that we have had designed in house by one of our artists. Fascinating. Yeah, what I I did look at, um, I, I saw some pictures of these, and there did seem to be some. Uh, there was a variety of, of different styles that that you can get. So, can you describe in sort of your what how, what kind of variety is there for somebody that that wants or maybe a, a a different style, a different color? Uh, maybe what what uh, what is the variety in in the styles of, of watch that you can you can get? There really is just an an endless variety. We have everything from a modern sort of minimalist look. Uh, mm to something more grotesque and eldritchian uh there there really is no limit to what what the watch face can look like uh and the ones that we have in house there's there's really quite a variety of them i think there's there's a watch face out there to suit everyone and if there isn't you're always welcome to design your own really you can you can design your own your own watch face how does one go about doing that If you come in with a drawing uh, of your watch face, Mm -hmm. we will be happy to recreate it for you right on your wrist. That is that is fascinating. Is there any um, sort of push for perhaps a more like a pocket watch style watch too, perhaps on the palm of the hand or um, somewhere else uh, easily accessible? Is that is that something that's in the works? Mm -hmm. That's actually already possible. The watch Mm -hmm. too will work wherever on the body you choose to put it. We find most users enjoy it maximally by having it in the standard wristwatch placement, but there is support for it to go anywhere on your body. Fascinating. How now? How I I do have a a few more questions. I I know we're running short on time, but I I I know the the ink is is proprietary and, and things like that. But where where does where where does the code come in how does how does the watch know when to when to tick where where is where is that being stored is there some sort of wireless connection with the ink or is there some sort of chip in the body or or something like that we do not insert any chips into the body Mm. but beyond that i'm not at liberty to really discuss the inner workings of the watch too Mm. uh 
there is nothing that is inserted into the body beyond our proprietary ink. And you don't need to worry about making sure that it continues to run. Fascinating. Is there no concern, perhaps, about um, internet trolls or hackers or, or you know, Russian yeah, bots sure. accessing the ink and and doing this? I suppose my other my wider question is: Is this something that is network enabled, or is it strictly local? And um, can it be? The watch two, as it is, is strictly local. We are oh, that's good to hear. looking into the mm. possibility of adding further capability with uh, networked or Bluetooth connected devices, but at the moment, it is strictly local. Now, Tech Brothers is famously in the in in the hacker movement. We encourage everybody to use our technologies to the fullest extent, change them where they want them to. We, we open source a lot of our a lot of our technology and our APIs and our uh, our softwares. Is is there? And I, I don't want to I, I don't, don't want to claim that your company does does the, the same thing. But is there some way that once somebody has it, if I was to get a watch too, is there some way that I could somehow? change the ui after i've gotten gotten it inserted myself maybe with my own needles or or something like that we do not offer any support for users to make uh unlicensed modifications or diy their their watch uh if you do have changes you would like made to your watch too just come by our office in wicker park uh, we are located right next to the Urban Outfitters, and we will be happy to help you with any modifications you need. And and how how do you do that? Do you do you put needles in them at the time? Like what do, what do you do to make these changes? We use our our proprietary process uh, with with the needles and our proprietary ink in order mm-hmm. to mo- make modifications. And what does it, this process entail? Um. Co- it, Kai, I, yes. I, I do believe we are running out of time with um, uh, Itoli. Uh, so uh, where where could the listener perhaps get more information on the uh, on Watch 2 and the uh, developments and various aspects like that? Yeah, uh, you can find more information about Watch 2 on our website, watch2.com. That's two spelled T-O-O. Uh, you can also come into our office in Wicker Park. Uh, we are on Milwaukee Avenue, located right next to the Urban Outfitters. Yes, um, as as I've heard. So, so you can yeah, you can go to the Urban Outfitters, and as soon as you're done there, you can you can pop in to watch too. You can one could yes. one and could. We actually have when... we have watch faces that are designed to complement specific Urban Outfitters outfits. So you can really get your whole look matched. Now, is there is there a plan to team up? Maybe with the Urban Outfitter, maybe to make sure, like, have all their employees clock in on their on their cat and their watch twos or or something like that. We are in talks with Urban Outfitters about some partnerships, but at the moment, nothing official. Fascinating. We are we are going to be in touch, Atoli. Thank you for all that wonderful information. Um, and of course, you could do this. This is a fascinating, uh, in depth in-depth talk about this this latest tattoo on this latest this latest technology and how it's being used and and how it hopefully will uh will change electronics in the future thank you very much yeah thank you very much thank you for having me but it's time that we uh, we finish up the show. It All is, right? it is. Um, and and um, unfortunately, Atoli didn't get a chance to get into it. But um, and this is actually where we heard about Watch Two in the first place. Mm. They have this wonderful Instagram page. They do have. I've seen some of the some of the pictures. The, these these cute hairless cats. Um, just. Um, with these watches tattooed all over them. You can tattoo. I mean, you, it seems like you can tattoo anything. Uh, anything at all, and and that and that is fascinating. I mean, the the freedoms. That this allows us is are truly endless. Are you are you considering um, getting in line for a watch too? Um, I, I I'm considering I'm considering, uh, yes, I am considering getting in line for a watch too. Possibly even bringing a few other other devices, a few other skin samples, and seeing if they can sort of tattoo those as well, just for testing purposes. Maybe well, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, be- I believe we do have a citizen science. For we, today. we do have a citizen science. Um, this one um, comes from an anonymous source um, somewhere in the wider internet. 
food has a frequency. Mm. Ultra-processed foods are between 0 and 5 megahertz. Organic foods are between 50 and 160 megahertz. Superfoods and heirloom plants are 160 to 210 megahertz. Neutro-medicinal substances like herbs, Irish moss, shawijit, and medicinal mushrooms are between 210 and 320 megahertz. Consuming these high-frequency substances have been regarded by yogis and monks as a way to raise your own frequency, which can result in heightened consciousness, vitality, higher thought forms, and stronger intuition. Now, I know that I am constantly trying to raise my thought form. Um, I, yeah, I mean, this this also brings up a very a very good question about, I, I know we talked about lower, uh, whether, whether these are sort of wave or group uh group form uh frequencies whether whether the the waves are sort of traveling at, at specific waves or as packs of waves and how that might affect uh you know those thought forms and those and those you know wave frequencies and, and the ultimate ultimate vitality and consciousness that we hope to to improve with these thank you for that rowan uh, i'm going to close on a quote by femur gortok uh and they said this science is the unraveling of the yarn and the knitting of the sweater. Eureka Cast Now is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time on WLPN LP 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, and rebroadcast every Monday from 8 to 9 p.m. on WIIT 88.9 FM, Chicago. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at EurekaCast on Twitter and Instagram, or visit our website at awcyfm.com slash EurekaCast. I believe we have some other ways to get in contact with us, Rowan. We do. If you engage in other forms of social media, please feel free to find us at facebook.com slash awcyfm, or send an electronic mail to awcyfm at gmail.com. There, you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. Additionally, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, such as our esteemed guest this evening, feel free to reach out at that email, which is once again, awcyfm at gmail.com. With that, Chicago, allow us here at Eureka Cast Now to give tender goodbyes to all of the awakened archetypes this evening and all the watches.